0: or you can find us at our website, madorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Yourself
1: in the Lord. So thank you for making that decision. As we open, we're going to read one verse of scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse number 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Everything has a time, and every purpose has a season. Let's pray together right now. God, I thank you for an opportunity To hear your word this evening. I pray you would anoint this atmosphere. I pray every word that's spoken would be yours. I pray there would be encouragement. I pray there would be hope, life, and every word you would speak. I pray it would be so. God, I praise you that you might be glorified and that your church might be edified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about where I am. Turn to your neighbor and tell him right where I am. You can be seated, please. Right where I am. Undoubtedly, we're all in different stages. We're all in different seasons. We're all in different places. But one thing is for sure, we're all in seasons. We're all in seasons. God is preparing each and every one of you for your respective purposes through seasons, yeah. through times, through trials, through circumstance through times and seasons, and you are created specifically. Each and every one of you is created with a purpose. You have a specific crafted purpose that is just for you because there are things that you will do that I cannot do because I'm not made for it. There are things that I will do that you cannot do because you're not made for it. Each and every one of us, and this is very important as we get going, each and every one of us, we're just going to talk together kind of casually, but I still want you to be focused because this is for someone or some people in this place. Each and every one of you are crafted very, very specifically. Do not fight against who you are. You are made exactly who you are. You may look at some things in your life and some things that God has made you with and you say, God, you made a mistake. He has not made a mistake. He has made you exactly how he needs you. Not how he needs your neighbor, not how he needs that person that you look up to, but exactly how he needs you. You have a purpose, and that purpose has a time and a season, as we read, right? Ecclesiastes 3, everything has a time and a purpose. The purpose that God has crafted you with has a time on it, has a time. It will come into fruition. It will come into fruits, if you will. So if you're not at that point right now, don't worry, because there's a time for that. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Right where I am, right where you are, is where you need to be. You may look at your circumstance, you may look at where God has placed you right now, and think this is nothing more than another useless lap in the desert, to use an analogy. But this is exactly where God needs you to craft you, to mold you into your purpose that he has for you, all right? All right? This, is, this is crucial as we get going. This is the meat of what we're gonna talk about, right where you are, because some of us are getting um, frustrated, because I wore this this last several days. You're getting frustrated, you're getting impatient, you're getting anxious, you're getting really uncomfortable where you are wondering why God's brought you to this point, wondering why God has put you through this set of hoops, wondering why God is doing all of this because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why God would have me do all this. It doesn't make sense why he would put me through these circumstances. It does, none of this makes sense, God. You have showed me things. You have showed me your direction that you have in my life, and none of this makes sense. You have shown me a promise, but you've taken me around the desert. And I want to encourage you this evening as we talk, it's for a reason. This moment is more important than you could imagine. Because without this moment, without the journey, there is no destination. If you do not travel, you do not get anywhere. So where God is taking you has to be a journey. The place that he is taking you will have subsequent seasons. There'll be seasons in your life that don't make sense. And this might be one of those seasons. And you may look at your season and say, well, it makes perfect sense. I just don't understand why I'm still here. To everything, there is a time and a season to your purpose. The reason it's not over is because it's not over yet. I know it's deep. But the reason this season is not over is because God's not done with this season yet. There are things in this season that we still need to learn. We still need to be molded by. I think our church is very, very close. We are right on the precipice of what he needs to do. But there is some molding and some maturity that each and every one of us need to do in this moment to throw our hands to the wheel to the harvest, to be ready, to realize that in these moments between, in these moments on the journey to our quote-unquote purpose, you know, where the heavens part and we realize everything makes sense, these moments are just as important as the moments we get to our destination, as the moments we get to the purpose where we're like, oh God, this is what you've been planning all along. The moments in between, the moments toward that purpose are just as important, And I want to emphasize that this evening to you, right where you are is crucial to where you are going. And with that, we have two decisions. There are two paths you may choose. Some of you may have chosen one. Well, I have encouragement. You can change it tonight. First, we look to the wilderness, Deuteronomy 1, 1 through 3. These be the words... "...which Moses spake unto all Israel, on this side Jordan, in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Tophel, and Laban, and Hazaroth, and Dizhab there are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, the eleventh month, the first day of the month, Moses spake unto the children of Israel." according to all that the Lord God had given him in his commandment unto them. 11 days journey, and 40 years later, two of them made it in. That's the importance of the journey. That's the importance of the journey. It should have taken 11 days. It took 40 years, and two of them made the cut. If you will, I know it's an oversimplified, but two of them. So what kept them out? They were promised to be brought out of Egypt and to Canaan, to the promised land. The worldliness that they had allowed to get in their hearts, the idolatry, the whining, the complaining. And I say that knowing I look like an Israelite sometimes. I complain. I whine. I let things become a part of my mind and my heart that I should not. And we'll just be real this evening. We've all been there. We're all there in some manner or another. We're on this journey, and we're realizing this 11-day journey, we're in the 35th year, and it's really getting annoying. We're in the 38th year, and it's really getting annoying. God, we have passed Canaan 17 times. And I'm making all this up. We've passed Canaan 17 times. Why can we not just go in? Because the journey's not complete. Because you're not ready to step into the promise until you're ready to walk through your journey with faithfulness, until you're ready to walk through the steps that don't make sense, until you're ready to walk through the desert again and again and again, and say, God, I don't understand, but I know you got this. That's the importance of the journey. The importance of the journey is adding faith. Because when you get to the promised land, not all your troubles are gone. If anything, when you get to your promise, when you get to that moment, when you see God bringing your purpose into focus, you get to that moment, things get harder. That's why we have to have the journey, so that when we get there, we won't blow it. That's why I have to have my journey. So when I get to my purpose, I won't give up. I get to my purpose, I'm not going to throw in the towel so quickly and say, well, this is it. This is my purpose. This is Canaan. I traveled all this way for this. I'll be That's the importance of this journey that we are on. They kept themselves out of the promised land. They made the decisions. They made the whining, the complaining, the idolatry. They made the calf. They did all of this stuff to circumvent their path. They kept themselves on the journey. So that's our first decision that we have. Our first decision is to, or our first path, if you will, that we can decide to go on is to whine and complain and be worldly and be stubborn. And it will circumvent you and you will keep walking by your purpose every day. You'll see your purpose, and it'll just seem just as far away as it has ever been. But I encourage you, change your mindset this evening. Change your focus and say, God, I don't understand this. It is frustrating. I don't know why you keep walking me through this, but I know you have a plan for this. I know you have a purpose for this at the end of this journey. Where you are right now is incredibly important. It's incredible. Every step of this journey is just as important as the end. I know, I know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I can't stress that enough. Right now, these moments, these steps are so vital. Because without these steps, we don't make it. Without this journey, we don't make it to the promised land. You don't make it to your purpose unless you walk through these hard moments. You walk through these difficult situations in your heart, in your mind. Without these steps, we don't make it there. Unless I walk through some things I don't want to walk through, I won't make it there. If I want to stay comfortable, I wouldn't be in the gospel. If you wanted to stay comfortable, you wouldn't be here. I want to journey to the promised land. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I want to go with you. Now, our second path, if you will, We take from David, King David, 1 Samuel 16 and verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So we enter the scene here, and we see David as a young, young man being anointed king by the prophet Samuel over Israel. We see Samuel coming in the picture and saying, You will be king. In exactly those terms. You know, sometimes when we get our own revelations of our purpose and of our our destination, if you will, in the kingdom and the ministry and your personal devotions, they're not that clear. But David was given very, very clear instructions. And you look at that and you say, well, that's awesome. That's great. But I'm sure at times it was torturous because David saw the kingdom and knew that was his destiny. And then we pick up again in 2 Samuel 5 so all the elders of Israel came to, king, to the king of Hebron, and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned 30 and three years over all Israel and Judah. David waited Somewhere around 15 years, give or take, somewhere around 15 years. Can you imagine, some of you might, can you imagine 15 years from when God tells you expressly in front of everybody, your whole family, everybody you love, you will be king? And 15 years, you have to wait, 15 years you wait it doesn't just happen. It's a huge process. So let's look at David. What did he do while he waited? First thing he did that we see, he killed a giant. David did not sit around his hands and wait for God to bring the kingdom to him. He said, right where I am, I'm going to make myself useful. I may not be at my purpose yet, but I will make myself useful. I was listening to a podcast this week, and I wish I would have wrote it down, so I never should reference things. But it was promoting a book, and the author said, we we often find confusion in the difference between purpose and usefulness. I can be useful when I'm not at my purpose yet. I can be useful to the kingdom, even if it's something that maybe God hasn't parted the heavens and revealed unto me. It's not this big revelatory moment. God didn't give me this huge you know, uh, anointing by Samuel to say, you will be king. He just said, go be involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can do it. Yeah. If you're not king yet, if you're not at your purpose yet, go be involved. Yeah. The music department could use some helpers. The media department could use some helpers. There's a whole lot of people that could use some help around here. So just get involved. Even if it's not your purpose, just get involved. David killed a lion and a bear. He did what needed done. There's some things that are threatening the flock. I'm going to make sure it's done. What else did David do? You know, this one is one that is just really, (laughs) just blows my mind. He went and served in the king's house. He went and served Saul faithfully, so much so, y'all, he went, so, so Saul was, was, uh, was troubled with an evil spirit, right? We know that. David went and played for him. He went and played the heart for him. Again, he did what was needed. He went and played his heart for him and soothed him and helped him. And you know what King Saul did in return? He threw a spear at him. So you know what David did? He dodged it. And then he went back it tells us, Saul threw a spirit him, not once, but twice. <laughs> Two times. That blew my mind. I mean, I, I knew it, but it just when I read it this time, it just really illuminated. He did what needed done. And when he got hurt, you know what he did? He put his hands right back to work and said, "Well, that's dealing with people. I'm still supposed to be in my purpose, so I'll do what needs done." So when you ha- there, there are times when you're doing what needs done and you get hurt, you get offended. I'm not being insensitive, but just dodge it and get back to work. There will be times you will be hurt, not maliciously, maybe not on, an, on purpose, but it will happen because we're all people trying to pursue a perfect God. And when you have that mixture, there will be turbulence, there will be waves, it will happen, but right where you are, do what needs done, and let's get the kingdom forward. I'm ready to see some of these prophecies that we'd heard about our church recently to see them start to move. I'm ready, as we see six people baptized in one weekend, I don't care how much you hurt me at that point, I'm ready to see six more next week. You can throw a spear at me all you want. I'm ready to see the work to be done. And if I'm doing stuff that maybe isn't, as important to me in my fleshly carnal eyes as what I see, well, God's doing this in my life. He's, he's given me a ministry that's far beyond this peasant work in the church. Do what needs done. Amen. And in the end, you will be anointed king. You will find your purpose. You will make it right where you are to right where you need to be. So then, all of that. Then we see David in 1 Samuel chapter 18 Somebody say, right where he was. Right where he was, right in the middle of his journey from anointing to crowned king. David's coming back from war with the Philistines, and all the Israelites are shouting in the streets, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. That made Saul really mad, but that's not what we're looking at. What we see here, what does that tell us? The whole nation of Israel saw David as a warrior a fierce warrior, you do not make it to that status by sitting on the couch and playing a harp all day. You don't make it to that status by sitting around and picking at your fingernails and saying, well, someday God will reveal my purpose. Someday God will do what he needs to do through me. Someday he'll put these hands to work. No, we need to find in where we are. We need to figure out what we can do. David figured out, well, I killed a giant in God's hands, so what can I do now? God said, well, there's some enemies of my kingdom that need killed. Let's do it. Let's do it. Whatever you can find to do in this season, I encourage you, do it. It doesn't matter if it relates to your purpose. It doesn't matter if you feel called to it. It doesn't matter if you feel called to it. If it needs done, let's do it. And then God will take you where you are to where you need to be. Stay with me this evening, if you would. I want to leave you with some encouragement. Psalm 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the heathen, I will be exalted in the earth. What you're going through right now, the steps you're, 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 you're going through, you don't feel are necessary, these things that are frustrating you, the things that are tearing at you and molding at you, just know he's got it under control. Every step they took in the wilderness, God knew, and he had a path for them to get back if they would change their mindset. I encourage you tonight, change your mindset. Say, God, I don't care what it is that I need to do, I will do it. I don't care if my purpose is 100 miles away, I will do exactly what you need me to do in this moment. One last set of scriptures, Joshua 1 and verses 5 and 6. So we pick up here, and Moses had just died. And the children of Israel were going to enter into Canaan. So we see the end of the season here, all right? There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall I divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. The season's over, but the war's not over. But it's really cool to note here, Psalms 46 and 10 that we just read, he said, be still and know. That same phrasing there is exact phrasing we see when God says, I will not fail you, I will not forsake you. So what he's saying here to Joshua, and he's saying here through the psalmist, and he's saying to you today, where you are, he is right with you. He has not failed you. He has not forgotten about you. He has not led you out to pasture, so to speak. He has not let you down and he never will. So be still and know right now, he is exactly, you are exactly where he needs you to be. Be still right now and know I'm not forsaken. I'm never alone. I know He has not forgotten about me. Throw your hands up right now and and speak to your specific scenario. Speak to your situation and say right now, this will not be the end of me. This will not cause me to lose my promise. I won't let this moment of frustration, I won't let this moment of boredom, I won't let this moment of anxiety, of angst and impatience to steal my promise. I won't let my my purpose to be stolen because of my emotions. I won't let my anxiety, I won't let my pain, I won't let any of these things to steal the purpose that God has for me. And I will choose to be like David. I will choose to put my hands to whatever God has need of me to do. I will find a sword. I will find the harp. I will find the media department. I will find the music department. I will find whatever God needs done. And I will do it. Because right where I am is not where I'm going to stay. But this is an important part of where I'm going. Let's worship.
0: our ministry.